following is a public affairs presentation of AM670 KLTT. Hello, everyone. I'm Richard Beatty with Crawford Media Group in Denver. The subject we will be talking about is sobering, and it's mainly for parents, and yet it's about their kids and our kids. In Colorado, just recently, teachers, students, coaches, and counselors are getting ready to return to the classroom. And that's this week. At Monument Academy, a charter school in El Paso County, news of a tragedy of an accidental overdose of two brothers, alumni to that school, hit students and family pretty hard. These were good, great young men full of promise that just made some choices that ended so tragically a family friend said, but if we are honest with ourselves here today, didn't we all make bad choices when we were in our youth? And it's a miracle that some of us are even here today, right? Rick Burt, president and CEO for SAD, is here on the phone with us. Welcome, Rick, to our studios. Hey, thanks, Richard. A pleasure to be with you. Thanks for having me. The acronym SAD, S-A-D-D, what does it stand for? Students Against Destructive Decisions. Folks might remember us as Students Against Driving Drunk. But we changed our name back in 1997 to better reflect the myriad of issues that young people are facing today. And you're based in Washington, D.C. Yeah, we're, we have chapters in all 50 states. We have about 100 chapters across the great state of Colorado, reaching hundreds of thousands of members and millions of young people coast to coast and even in some cases internationally. The stories of the Colorado brothers seem to be played out in so many of our communities right now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the signs are non-existent, and yet other times there are our symptoms? What are both the mental and physical signs that can be recognized? Yeah, I, I think you said it well in that stories like this are, are very special, but they're not uncommon because we know more and more now the link between substance use, reckless behavior, and mental health. And understanding what those signs are it's really the first point uh, of what we try to do here at SAD, educate teens and parents so that they have the knowledge and resources that they need to make better choices. Signs and symptoms you might want to look for are changes in attitude, changes in behavior, changes in regular routine, such as hygiene or um, other things that might make a student more reclusive, breaking away from social ties. Spending a lot of time alone or a lot of time on social media, certainly all young people, shoot, even some adults are tied to their social media devices. But that the more time you spend on social media, there certainly is a connection there between um, a a likelihood of being involved in more risky behaviors and uh, and and some other risky elements of of adolescence. So those are some things that we encourage parents to look for. When you start to see those signs, the best thing to do is to start by having a conversation, asking how the young person is doing. See if you can dig a little deeper. We have a mental health toolkit on our website, sadd.org, that has tons of conversation starters, resources and and elements that can help parents navigate those waters because certainly teen years, adolescence, they're fraught with ups and downs, highs and lows. Uh, It is tough to be a teenager, but when you start to see some of those symptoms that I described day in and day out, that's when you want to talk to a healthcare professional, a primary care physician, a community counselor, someone at the school. Our mental health toolkit helps parents and teens find those resources in the community and get to the bottom of those behaviors so that they don't escalate. SAD's mission is to provide students with prevention tools. How do you guide parents in having talks with their kids? Yeah, I think there's several elements. First of all, it can never be a one and done conversation. I think there's a real there's a real tendency or a real temptation 
to try to step back as your teen enters those years of adolescence. They want to be independent. They want to be on their own. They've got their driver's license. And those are actually the most important years of when parents need to be involved. So from our perspective, it's about having regular conversations with your teen about all of the issues that SAD talks about, about bullying, about cyberbullying, about substance use, about traffic safety and being safe behind the wheel. We're really proud to partner with the Colorado Department of Transportation to have a really strong program that focuses on one of the leading causes of death across Colorado, which is our car crashes. Talking about all of those issues and talking about mental health, it needs to be an ongoing conversation, not just one and done. So that's the first thing I would encourage parents to do. And as part of our back to school efforts, we have a back to school checklist that we've created for parents, not just to think about the school supplies that they might need or their, their students might need, but to also think about the conversations that they should be having as they prepare to go back to school on all of the subjects that we just talked about. Obviously, not just in one session, but you know, as you're making dinner, as you're driving somewhere, as you're um, hanging out doing a family activity or watching TV during a commercial break, break it up into those little segments and start digging a little bit deeper into what your teen's strengths are, their challenges, their fears, what concerns them. And what we have found is that the toughest part is getting the conversation going. But once you build that rapport with a young person and you have their trust and confidence, it's amazing how they're willing to open up to you. And it's not just about parents, but it's about the other caring adults that are in a young person's lives. Our messaging and our resources are for uh, members of the clergy community, for coaches, um, for other role models and mentors that young people have. It, it truly does take a village to raise a teen, and we believe it also takes a village to keep a young person safe. And Rick, as, as we are getting ready uh, in, here in Colorado, uh, we're, we're actually in it already uh, in another school year. What are, what are the ways for parents and guardians to be encouraging in those talks? Uh, that's the that's the real, the, the bouncing act there. Right. I encourage parents to, to find a hobby or what I call a, a mission moment, right? Whether that be you're doing an activity together, maybe it's, you know, your your drive somewhere. It's a regular moment where you can have check-ins that are informal with your team. You know, maybe it's your thing that you guys watch a, a special TV show on a certain night. Maybe it's your thing that you play a board game over the weekend. Maybe you go for a walk on Sunday morning. If you can find some sort of routine to establish with your young person, and not only does that strengthen your relationship, but it creates a constant space where just normal, natural dialogue can happen. So during that special moment, what I encourage you know parents and other caring adults to do is just start with them. Hey, how are you doing? You know, what what's something you did to be kind to someone this week? We have a, a in our conversation starter kit. We've got lots of questions that help get that conversation going. But I encourage people to, you know, create a routine so it's not just a an abrupt one and done, as I've alluded to already, but it's a natural ongoing conversation that creates a space for true transparent conversation. That's the thing that I also stress is that teens have a great meter of, of telling when you're you're following a script or when you're, you know, looking to dig a little bit deeper. So if you open up, talk about your experiences as a young person, obviously a lot's changed between the time when many of our parents were young adults and, and what teens face today. But some of those elements are still the same. How did you handle peer pressure? Hmm. How did you handle, you know, when you when you felt down? What did you feel when you got bullied? And how did you find help? Some of those anecdotes really carry weight and show the human nature of parents, which goes a long way with young people today. That's for sure. Well, and when I was talking about balance, I was thinking about how do you be proactive and yet not too controlling uh, of free time right. and days off from school? 
and how do you keep that delicate balance? Yeah, you know, there's the old phrase, no no work and all work and no play, right? You, yeah. you want to have that, that delicate balance. And so I think that's where some of those routines that I alluded to could, could come into place. You know, all humans, but especially young people, are creatures of habit. They thrive on a schedule. So the more that, you know, I, I know it's the summer months now have, have waned and we're entering a new school year. I really encourage families to set up a daily routine. And, you know, I know it's not always possible to have dinner together. I know it's not always possible to you know maybe have that leave it to beaver moment. But if you can come up with some moments where you can do things as a family, if you can do some things where, you know, from 7 to 9 p.m. is homework time, maybe you pop in and just check in on the homework, do some of those things. Structure really is the key to balance, I think. And I think we all benefit from having that type of routine and that type of balance. There's actually some resources on that too on our website that I encourage parents to check out and also on our social media channels where we dig into a little bit more of that balance and helping teens find that balance in an era where they are being pulled in so many directions from being successful in the classroom, academics, athletics, social clubs, sad chapters, everything's competing for a young person's time and time is always the resource we can't make more of. Right. So yeah, it really right. is a, a balancing act. So you talk about empowerment quite, a, quite often. Um, how can families practice empowering their teens? So I think it goes back to starting the conversation about uh, uh, making a young person feel that they are in charge of their decisions. Yeah. That starts at a young age. Our resources start as early as elementary school because helping students think about the power of a choice and the consequences that go along with that, not only in the short term, the long term, really is where empowerment starts. Helping teens get beyond themselves. The, the teen brain doesn't fully develop until the age of 25. So we're literally talking about creatures that are raging with hormones and don't have a fully developed brain. So helping them think beyond themselves and beyond the moment and give them the power to understand the, I hate to use the word again, but the power that they have in, in even little decisions. When you climb into a vehicle with someone who might be impaired, when you hear a friend say, I'm feeling depressed, I'm, I'm not, I, things are not okay, I'm not okay. How do you handle those moments and giving them resources, giving them the knowledge and the confidence to be able to respond really sets them up for success, not only in the short term, but the long term, so that they become healthy, productive members of our society who can handle stress, who develop coping mechanisms, mm. who understand that it's okay to get help and to share their feelings in a healthy and constructive way. All those are things that, you know, I don't know that many, many adults have, have factored and, and fully grasped. And so helping this generation really wrestle with some of those things, especially in the wake of COVID-19, where I think we're all a little bit more on edge. Yeah. Yes. We've all felt the, the strain of that. We feel the anxiety of not knowing. We feel the anxiety of our political rhetoric and, and the, the polarization of our communities. Feeling all of that is, is very natural and normal, but finding a way to, to process that in a healthy manner is so important. And that's where SAD can really be a benefit to teens and parents alike who are trying to explain the world around them. And, and in really an uncharted way, it's certainly in something like I think many of our parents have not seen, and even our grandparents have not seen um, for some generations and some time. Well, and and you look at uh, what teens go through as far as pressure, you, the, the the college yeah. choice, the performance, uh, the work choices, and providing a clear path towards the future. It can be daunting right. for any teen. Then again, well, the. Again, there's a balance uh, empowering teens yeah. and guiding them without being over control freaks. That's an art. Uh, and it, it is. It is. It's an art. And I would say and a science, too. Right. I, I was going to say that I was going to say. But but there's also a science to it. And, and what yeah. is the science? 
I think it's a, a balance of relationships and process. Yeah. And, and those are two things that I've talked with parents coast to coast about. It's about having an open, honest relationship with a young person. And and trust me, I get it. That is tough. It is tough for that young person to navigate, like I said, the hormones and the pressures that they're feeling that desire to want to be independent and away from mom and dad. And also, you know, a little bit of, of parents finding some value in their young person being independent. They're no longer the taxi driver. They're no longer having to be totally reliant on, you know, mom and dad for everything. So there's some benefits there. But building a relationship that's rooted in trust, mutual respect, that teens feel valued and they feel heard, all of that goes back to some some solid pillars of parenting, say that three times fast, yes. that we talk about at SAD, where those, those little pieces that start at a young age define the relationship between a teen and a parent. And as they transcend into you know adolescence, even to adulthood, there are some parameters that are set. So I encourage parents to talk about choices, to talk about consequences, to make sure they're having those regular check-ins, but also, you know, to, to lean on organizations like SAD to figure out some of those processes. How do you navigate college and high school and how do you help your students pick the best classes to take and where they should go to school? How do you navigate, you know, maybe your teen isn't surrounding themselves with the best friends, maybe some people who are providing some pressures. We've got some resources on that as well. There, I, I tell parents too, there, there is no playbook for how to be a parent. And and it's 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 a very complex thing that's rooted in both relationships and process. And I think that's where the balance is, being true to your teen and being true to yourself, being authentic and not being afraid to say, yeah, I don't know. I think there's a, one, one last point I'll make is that I think there's a really profound moment that happens in adolescence and that teens see, begin to see their parents as flawed people because we all are. And when you can see and, and hear your parents admit, hey, I don't have all the answers, but I'm willing to work with you to find the answers to help you make better choices. Hey, I don't have all the answers, but let's figure it out together. There's a real bond that happens and it shows, again, a healthy way to approach problem solving that will position young people to be successful into the future. Rick Bird of SAD, thanks for talking today. Uh, how do listeners get in touch? Several quick and easy ways. They can go to coloradosad.org or sadd.org, either one. Also follow us on all of your favorite platforms on Colorado SAD or, um, or on SAD Nation. Either one of those are great ways to get in touch with all the resources, programs, and materials. We're happy to help however we can. Thanks for what you're doing in Colorado, too. I'm sure our listeners will appreciate that. Thanks, Richard, for having me. Always a pleasure. This is Richard Beatty, Crawford Media Group in Denver. Thanks for listening. This has been a public affairs presentation of AM 670 KLTT.